Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, tonight I'd like to talk about cooperatives and how they can be used to give us the proper economies of scale that we need to keep the cost of living relatively low, but also do a good job of comporting with Catholic social teaching and lining up with the principles laid out by Leo XIII and other um, subsequent popes on the issues of uh, subsidiarity, solidarity, um, and the importance of property ownership by the public in general. So I want to start off by saying that cooperatives are a lot more common than you might think. So for me as a rural guy, you know, I normally think of cooperatives in the sense of agricultural cooperatives. And that's, those are the types of cooperatives I've studied uh, as an economist and the ones that I'm, that I interact with at least on a somewhat frequent basis. Uh, the ones that support the community uh, that I live in and, and my family and, and things like that. So <clears throat> outside of the agricultural context, which is very important in the U.S. and, and was crucial, I think, in ensuring that cooperatives would be able to operate in, in terms of the legal framework in the U.S. There are a lot of other examples. So most of you have probably heard of a credit union. You may not belong to one, but you have probably heard of them. And credit unions are essentially banks that are owned by the people who borrow or deposit there. So they are cooperatives. They're financial cooperatives. Um, a lot of times they will offer lower rates in terms of loans. So they allow people to uh, get access to loans that they need for you know, homes or vehicles or whatever, business loans. And the fact that you are an owner of that, co of that cooperative, you are a part owner of that cooperative, uh, you get the benefits of ownership. Uh, the profits are returned to you. Uh, Ace Hardware is a co-op. So specifically, it is an input co-op, which means that you know all of these little mom and pop or maybe slightly larger than mom and pop uh, hardware stores are members of this large cooperative called Ace Hardware. And instead of each of those relatively small businesses buying their uh, inventory uh, individually, they sort of band together and buy in bulk as a cooperative, and that allows them to get lower prices for those uh, for their for their uh, retail inventory. Another good example, I think, uh, is rural electricity. So I have a. Uh, an old friend who is uh, an engineer at a relatively large um, rural cooperative. And his, his, the cooperative he works for is actually made up of a whole bunch of smaller cooperatives that cover the western third of Kansas, maybe the western half. And since it would be, be difficult to convince a business to come out or a, or a for-profit corporation or a, 
uh, an investor-owned corporation. There we go. Since it might be tough to convince an investor-owned corporation to take that risk, essentially what you do is you create this co-op so that everyone who lives in that area has an ownership interest in the cooperative, and they can pool their money together to provide these uh, sort of public good things like infrastructure for uh, electricity. And so that brings me to Synex Harvest States, which is an agricultural co-op to an extent, but it's also an energy co-op. If you've ever seen a Synex gas station spelled C-E-N-E-X, I don't know if they're, they're not all over the country, certainly. We have them where I live now. Uh, But uh, those those gas stations are owned by Synex Harvest States, CHS, which is a cooperative, a, a massive agricultural and energy cooperative that is also like uh, my friend, uh, like his, his rural electricity cooperative, is made up of smaller, more local agricultural co-ops. And uh, this, the Cenex Harvest States is a massive, massive company. And it really is a great example, I think, of the way in which cooperatives can be used to on the one hand, provide efficiency and economies of scale, but on the other hand, can also provide this ownership interest that's very important for us when we're thinking about Catholic social teaching and um, sort of the appropriate life of uh, someone in relation to their community, right? This idea that that property ownership should be common among lots of people instead of um, being concentrated uh, in a relatively few hands. And of course, I think the, the typical example that a lot of people t- bring out when they're talking about distributism or whatever um, is the Mondragon Corporation in Spain. And I'm, I don't know a terrible lot about Mondragon, but I do know they have uh, in the tens of billions of revenue every year. They are more of an employee-owned cooperative, which uh, I'm going to get to the criticisms of co-ops later, but um, they're a little bit different than a, an input cooperative like Ace Hardware um, or a marketing co-op, which would be um, probably what you see a lot of in terms of agricultural co-ops. Um, those are owned by the customers, effectively. They're called the, the, the users or the patrons of the cooperative. But uh, Mondragon is, a, is, a, is, an, is an employee-owned cooperative. And that's a little bit of a different type of thing, but, but the bottom line is still there, right? The idea is that you have ownership, and so that the profits of the business go directly to you um, as an owner in the business, not, as, not just as an employee or uh, you know, a patron or something like that. And so I, I think you know, scale and ownership are two of the, the best reasons why we like cooperatives, why those cooperatives, uh, why cooperatives are better, I think, in, in many cases than just strictly investor-owned uh, corporations. There's another interesting uh, margin on which cooperatives, I think, can be better than uh, traditional investor-owned corporations, and that is uh, the tax advantage they have. Uh, they are taxed differently from 
the way corporations face sort of double taxation. Uh, co-ops face a kind of double taxation in some cases, but not in all cases. Uh, so, so many times cooperatives are afforded a little bit of a tax advantage over a uh, traditional uh, corporation. So, uh, at least in the U.S., I'm not sure about other countries, but I, I think that it's it's easy to see how a cooperative can foster subsidiarity and solidarity to a greater degree than an investor-owned corporation can. Um, cooperatives tend to be more tied to a specific community. Now, whether that's a, uh, a physical location or whether it's a profession or something like that, um, I think that they have a little more buy-in than a, a corporation would, right? Because a corporation, especially a very large one, um, can sort of operate uh, like a bank or a conglomerate, right? They can just simply go into whatever they want um, in terms of investment. But cooperatives, I think, just tend to have a slightly different attitude about things. Um, so I, I just want to cover a few criticisms of cooperatives and, and sort of uh, respond to those. And then, of course, any uh, feedback that you have about this, any questions you have about cooperatives or, or comments that you want to make, maybe things you want me to address in the future, please hit us up on Twitter at TradDads and, um, you know, let me know. what, what I, I want to have a conversation with you. Or if you're on YouTube, put it in the YouTube comments. Um. So one of the criticisms that we often hear with respect to cooperatives is that employee-owned cooperatives sound like this sort of post-Soviet, uh, pseudo-socialist kind of thing. Um, and I think at least in, in the U.S., and, and I would say likely in Europe as well, uh, I just I, I, I really don't understand this criticism because, um, for one, there is genuine ownership of the cooperative by either the, the patrons, right? The, the customers or, um, the employees. It's, it's not, um, it's not a matter of uh, a Soviet, right? The, 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 um, the, 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 the group, the organization, uh, owning and controlling something, right? It's sort of the euphemism of, uh, uh, you know, Soviet, <laughs> uh, sort of, you know, pseudo cooperative ownership or something. They really do own it, and they really do receive, um, you know, the dividends from that cooperative, the profits of the cooperative. They might come in the form of equity, sure. Uh, you know, we just increase your equity uh, in the company rather than paying you out in cash. Though, you know, there are requirements that cooperatives have to at least cover the cash, uh, have to pay out enough cash so that the, the patrons can... Um, patron owners can, uh, you know, meet their tax obligations and stuff like this. Um, but it, it builds ownership. It builds equity. It builds community. Um, and, an authentic community. It, it, it makes it so that you have buy-in, um, with the group of people that you're associating with in this co-op, whether it's for electricity use or, agricultural or whatever, um, it, it, it helps to tie communities together. Uh, the fact that you have this ownership stake in this organization that's not easily sold. I mean, I'll get to that more here in a second, but 
again, this, this idea that it's socialist is just weird. And, and, and I would say even in the management of the thing, uh, you know, cooperatives have CEOs. They have a fairly typical management structure, a lot like, uh, you know, an investor-owned corporation. Um, and even even the, the the corporate governance, the the relationship between the 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 owners, the many owners, and the relatively few uh, you know C-suite executives, is very similar. The 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 owners of the cooperative elect a board of directors, and that board of directors meets with the CEO and uh, you know his uh, close subordinates on a regular basis to, again, govern the, the management of the corporation, uh, excuse me, of the cooperative. It's very similar to um, this, any old investor-owned corporation. So this idea that they're somehow, you know, akin to or related to these, uh, you know, communist, uh, you know, co-ops is just silly. Um, another is, is low capital mobility. And so, you know, if you dig into finance much or, or, I guess, financial economics much, you'll learn about things like the efficient markets hypothesis, which is this idea that, um, you know, financial markets can only correctly price, um, uh, can only correctly price assets if, you know, certain conditions are met. And, uh, you know, one of these things is that, you know, there's high liquidity in the market, right? That anyone who wants to uh, sell uh, or, or buy in to that specific asset at any time uh, can pretty much do so. Um, and, you know, cooperatives don't have, you know, cooperatives aren't listed on the New York Stock Exchange, right? The equity for that company, the ownership stake in those companies is, is, is a lot more... Um, is, is just illiquid. It's difficult to obtain or difficult to get out of. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing in my mind. Uh, you know, it's, it goes back to some of these other analogies I've talked about. Um, it's sort of like Social Security, right? So Social Security, in my mind, uh, and I've spoken about this in previous episodes, but Social Security, um, it, 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 it had within it the seeds of its own undoing. Because it undermined the public's will to look backward at the previous generation and provide for them. And it also, because it broke families up in this way, it helped, I think, reduce the fertility rate of, uh, you know, the U.S. and uh, probably Europe as well, among other causes, I'm sure. And so it's, it's one of these things where, yeah, okay, it sounds like a good idea, but then it just, it, it undoes itself. And, and I think, um, you know, this, this is a similar type of thing. I mean, you look at the, the failure rate of corporations over time, um, you know, and, and most don't last, uh, you know, a few decades at, at the most, right? So the, the returns that you would get over a very long period of time in the, in the stock market, um, you know, if, if they're coming from a single company that, you know, those, it's very few of those companies, uh, really your returns are coming from, uh, you know, riding, riding a certain wave of a company, uh, being successful and then getting out before it dies. Um, and so cooperatives are by their own, by the fact that they are illiquid, the, the equity is illiquid by the fact that 
it is difficult to buy in or sell um, easily. It's, it's not easy to do that. Um, it, 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 though, that constraint builds community. That constraint helps us understand that you know, we have a commitment to a place. We have a role in the place we are. Um, and, and I mean, we have an episode, a previous episode, and maybe I'll link to this, but, um, I, I, a previous episode about, you know, family versus rugged individualism is one of our more popular episodes. Um, and, and I, and I think this fits in very well with that. Uh, so I'll, I'll link that in the, in the show notes. I mean, the last one is that, you know, cooperatives, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe they're nice for, you know, marketing your wheat or whatever, but, they really can't get to the scale that we need. And, and I think, again, my response is, is, is kind of twofold here. Number one, I will disagree. And number two, I'll say that, you know, gosh, even if you're right, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. So to disagree, I, again, I would just point to organizations like Cenex Harvest States um, or Mondragon or some of these, you know, rural cooperatives. I mean, some of them. The ones that are cooperatives made up of cooperatives, federated, federated cooperatives is what they're called. Um, they are quite large. Uh, if you've ever bought Land Lakes Butter, you have bought from a very, very large cooperative. Um, these these organizations uh, are not small. Now, are they as big as McDonald's? No. But gosh, if you know, you want to talk about something that has the ability to squash the unique characteristics of a community, um, let's talk about very large companies. <laughs> um, McDonald's, you, you know, okay, to some extent, yeah, sure. When they go from one country to another, you know, they they change their menus, but um, you know, the food in different places in the U.S. is different uh, all over the place. And these restaurants, these very large corporations provide a, you know, a level of consistency that just drives out uniqueness. And um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm not convinced that, you know, having uh, uniformity across a massive swath of the population is necessarily a good thing. Um, you know, pushed on us, I guess, in a sense, by corporations like this. I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see why that's such a good thing necessarily. So yeah, we like scale to an extent because we need it for efficiency, but good grief. Let's not trade, trade that off too much against, um, you know, uniqueness and our commitment to the place we are in the, the unique culture of the place we live in. Um, so just to sum up, I think cooperatives can be uh, uh, a very good alternative. I think they're underutilized. I think when we really dig in and, and find out the wide array of businesses that are supported by cooperatives um, and the types of things that they do, you know, Ace Hardware, I mean, who would have known, right? So we've got energy, we've got agriculture, we've got um, you know, <laughs> retail, We've got uh, banking, uh, you know, a lot of different things could be handled by cooperatives. And they are a way of achieving scale, you know, reasonable scale with 
uh, an attitude that sees the importance of um, community and and um, and and distributed ownership. And I, I hate to use the phrase distributed or the word distributed, but um, you know we we want we want lots and lots of people to own the means of their own um, uh, well-being, uh, and that is. Uh, the very opposite of socialism uh, that, uh, you know, folks get smeared with all the time from uh, the liberal types. So uh, thank you for listening. I, you know, again, I appreciate our uh, supporters. Um, if you'd like to support us, you can go to anchor.fm slash traddads uh, and donate. We have a monthly donation option there. Um, we're also uh, running ads, uh, if you haven't noticed. And so, um, we are, uh, we are able to get, uh, some ad revenue. We don't have a whole lot yet, but hopefully we will <laughs> get some more popularity. So the best thing you can do for us is to share, uh, our podcast with people you think that might be interested in it. Um, please check us out on your favorite app or on YouTube. Um, and with that, uh, God bless. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.